Today's episode of In the Trenches is brought to you by System 12 Guitar Method. Sign up today at RyanRoxy.com. In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello, 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 and welcome to another live stream episode of In the Trenches. I am your host, Ryan Roxy. What is happening, folks? How are you doing? Uh, for those of you that are Americans, happy Thanksgiving. I don't know if you have that hangover, but I definitely do. I've only been eating pumpkin and pumpkin pie and cornbread all day and coffee. So, yeah, I don't know what that's going to actually do me later, but that's all I've been doing all day. And working on today's show because you're going to love today's show. If you're new to the show, though, uh, we want you here on the YouTube official channel at Ryan Roxy. Hit that subscribe button that Vic just put up a little prematurely because I like to I like to point at it when it comes out. There you go. Thank you. Vic. Thank you. Vic. But see, you didn't if you didn't see that, that's because you're listening to us on a uh, audio platform. And thank you for that, whether it's Apple or Spotify or any of those. Thank you very much for doing that. But we would love for you to come over to our YouTube official channel, Ryan Roxy official on YouTube, because that's where we have the live chat. And I see a bunch of the RGA faithful. Now, RGA stands for Roxy Guitar Army. Um, I should say ITT faithful because you are the in the trenches faithful as well. But either way, it's all homogenous. It's all mixed up into um, one big happy Thanksgiving bunch. And we're going to do today's show. All right. Welcome to Into Trenches, because it's not every day that you run across someone whose guitar playing is as genuinely likable as his personality. There's more than just a few of the bands that have found our guests guitar playing more than just likable, downright necessary for their own bands. The bands I'm talking about, bands like Arch Enemy, Mystic Prophecy, and even the almighty Ozzy Osbourne. So here to talk about all that, plus his own band, which he names Firewind, plus his newest solo release, Quantum Leap, which you welcome into the trenches, taking a leap into the trenches, a quantum leap into the trenches, guitarist Gus G. Hello, Gus. Oh, man. Hey, Ryan. How What's happening, man? Uh, well, I'm, I'm in a good mood today. I, I We had Thanksgiving you know, for this Ameri-Swede, because I'm up here at the North Pole in Sweden, just to get yeah. all the geography out of the way. Um, I'm assuming that you are currently in northern Greece. Am I right? I, I am, correct. So we're pretty much same time zone right now. We are in the same. Oh, look at that. They yeah. put up a nice little shot of Thessaloniki. Is that yeah. definitely Thessaloniki? It is, right? yeah. Put that shot up again. Is that is that where you're actually, uh, is that your castle right there is that yours that's, that's my, yeah and that's my mom with a red coat walking down the street can you see her how's the wi-fi in the castle is it it's actually working out pretty good yeah it's good yeah 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 wi-fi is good here <laughs> we call that well, the white tower it's the city's uh symbol that okay. castle that you saw yeah and you you were born and raised in thessaloniki northern correct Greece. yeah yeah i was yeah because everyone always uh wants to know you know where's the best audiences where's the you know where, where, yeah, what's your yeah, favorite yeah. crowd to play for but being that you're from greece i can tell you or me and then i'm not from greece i can tell you very non-biased greek fans are probably some of the most passionate rock and roll fans in the world correct i i i, I can agree with that and uh i mean you know you've been here you played tons here so um 
Yeah. I, I, it seems to me it's kind of similar to that South America experience when you go and play down there, and it's. You're right. I wonder yeah. if it's the. I wonder if it's the latitude. Are we on the same sort of latitude? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. No, because they're on the. Somebody, somebody, get on a compass. No, not so, Latin, southern not hemisphere. Yeah, the south. Uh, well, in, in, in well we're. You're north. Well, we're up uh, from the equator. Are you, yeah. Are you north the of the equator? equator? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. But right. still, I think, you know, like the Mediterranean countries, like similar to Italy or Spain and then kind of like something we, about the weather makes people really crazy for rock and roll. Yeah. Maybe, right? maybe it's the sun. <laughs> I don't know. Talking geography here in the trenches right out of the gate. But you know what? I'm going to swing it back. I'm going to swing it back full force because Gus G uh, is a very well-known guitar player guitarist so we're going to obviously talk guitars but before we talk about anything like that we have to go back to get forward don't we i think it did a pretty good job of starting going back to get forward to be honest with you vic because i i started out with thessaloniki and that's where you uh basically learned the guitar the instrument right you know yes a lot of our guests, they have they have um, musicians as parents. Were either of your parents musicians? Um, well, my dad was uh, he was doing it semi professionally at some point. Um, it was like his second job. He was a singer, you know, Greek music, Greek folk, Greek folk music, and you know, singing at weddings and things like that. So it's through, through him that I got the the music bug, so to speak. Yeah. Did he ever play the the Greek music late night club scene? <laughs> Because I've been into the late night, like the ones where they have the flat, the uh, the plates of flowers, and then when the flowers are all gone, they just break the friggin' plates. Yep, my my father owned such a place in the late '80s, early '90s. He owned such a club, and you know they. I mean, I was a little kid then, and I used to go there every every second week. And uh, yeah, I've witnessed some crazy stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> was the first instrument a guitar that you got turned on to, or but was it more the is it say bazooki? Bazooki, yeah. That... No, it was a guitar for me always. Um, I mean, the bazooki is pretty um, um, uh, interesting, you know. Like it's there's pretty technical stuff these guys play, you know. And uh, I like that, but. I did, but you know, I, I never liked the the sound of it. I liked the technique and the things they played, but I never liked the sound of it. Because when I first heard like distortion on a guitar, that was the sound. That was it. That was it. You know. And what was that first sort of band that you know that wow moment or the aha <sighs> moment that made you say, "Oh yeah, I, I can do this. I I, I think I want to play guitar for a living." Dude, believe it or not, it was a, a Frampton comes alive. Peter Frampton, my dad. Yeah, there you go. Wow. <laughs> no, no, no. Vic does his research on you, I'm sure. But it was definitely Frampton Comes Alive for you, huh? Look at, look, put that photo up again because yeah. that's the photo that I think both you and I uh, would listen to from start to finish. I mean, we've we been at opposite ends of the world. But let me ask you this. Did you have big, huge headphones like I'm wearing like right now? If you can look at my headphones. Did you used to listen to those records with headphones on and the whole experience? And How did you do it? I did, yeah. But, you know, we could also play music loud at home because I guess my dad loved that too. So <laughs> put the vinyls on the turntable and then crank it up. And 
it was a lot of Greek music around the house, but when he, my dad only had a couple of rock vinyls and this was one of them. And when I right. heard that, man, like that, that talk box was like, wow, what is so, that? So it was the talk box. And do you feel like we do? Was that the yeah, one, the, the, that, the long solo? Okay. Yeah, that one, that one. Okay. Cause I can remember, you know, I can't tell you the track listing, but some of my standout songs on that album, a plain shame remember okay it's a plain shame it took me all this time to learn yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and then um and, but i what i liked about that album and maybe this comes across in your solo stuff and the spectrum of music that you've been able to play um over the years is that there was a spectrum on that album it went from ultra kind of almost mellow acoustic acoustic pop yes. to this heavier stuff right you're right yeah and i like the heavier stuff from the get-go I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so you went right through the to, now did you did you finally ever get that elusive talk box i did you, you did i, I did and, and I, I tried it out and it was like okay this is not me because it it sounds like peter frampton right away you, you just start doing that stuff and it's like I think the only other guy that kind of got away with it and did it right was Slash at some point in the nineties. Yeah, well, was, I remember Joe Perry used to have one too. That, and I think he might still have one with Hollywood Vampires, but it's sort of like a mobile one where he walks around with it. But yeah, uh, I, I, I I had one um, for a little while, but then I realized that that you know if you don't, for one, if you want to make worst enemies with your guitar tech. Then just get a uh, definitely get a, a talk box. It's a little bit of an issue. It's it's a problem to kind of like set it up because I don't know. I don't even remember how you set one of those things up. You need like a second amp, right? Yeah, it's, it, it drives the it drives the the sound all goes into that amp, and then the sound goes into the tube, and then the tube goes through your microphone, and that's supposed to be right. the thing that gives you really. So basically, your, your mouth phone. becomes your speaker, and then the way you kind of like more of your yeah. vowels and thing it goes back into the mic like that and that's how you get that sound but what happened for me is that, that my guitar tech like would have to clean it after every show we did it on an early alice cooper tour and um two things went wrong one everyone started saying oh dude you look like richie sambora and now you sound like richie sambora and i was like no no on both you know hard no on one and all right i don't mind looking a little bit he's a good looking guy fine yeah. I'll, I'll take that but uh the, then there was a saliva problem yeah it was you know big time so, yeah and and then you know so um my my uh my illustrious producer is telling us that the echo is getting worse. And, uh, but um, yeah, we try to keep things technically um, kind of sound here on the program, but every once in a while, because of Wi-Fi, um, we, we get these little things happen. Yeah, yeah. We're sitting here talking a uh, talk box and uh, with Gus G. Um, now, because you're in so many bands, and you're your own solo artist yourself and have been in so many bands. I kind of equate you with, you know, the general public would say Ozzy Osbourne, but I would say Firewind is kind of the thing that's closest to your heart and has been for many years. Is my correct with that? Yeah, you're, you're right about that. I mean, that's like the band that I've started since I was, I don't know, 18, 19. So that was like the youngster kind of dream that I had uh, 
to form a band. And yeah, I got, I kind of, I stuck with it for a long time. And uh, yeah, that's a long time ago. So in a way, your, uh, your firewind was my dad's porno mag in a way, because I, I, I was in a band called that. It was like my first solo band type of thing, power pop type of thing. I know your music wasn't power pop, but from that band, I, I started getting into other bands as well. And it went from, you know, whether it was Alice or whether it was Slash for a while or Tal Bachman and stuff. So was it the same with Firewind where you went from, um, was it was it from uh, Firewind? Is that where some of these earlier bands like Arch Enemy, Mystic Prophecy? Well, the, the thing what happened was that I was, when I was starting out, I was uh, kind of making myself available to whoever really would have me play. And I just wanted to get that um, experience. And um, I would write with different people. And I, was, I had moved to Sweden right around when I was 19. And, you know, Firewind was just a demo thing. It was just me and friends that would help me out, whoever would be willing to help me out to play on my demos or sing on my demos. But at the same time, I was writing with other people, with other producers, and I would start, like, other projects. And um, it, it all kind of took off at the same time, I would say. Around early 2000s, I was in this band called um, Dream Evil, based in Gothenburg. So me and, this, and a producer, uh, Frederick Nordstrom, and I was writing with some guys in Germany, and then that, that became a band called Mystic Prophecy. And then at the same time, I was doing my little demos on the side for Firewind, trying to get signed. So I, it was a little bit unorthodox. You know, my, my background is not like starting with two or three friends and then kind of like, okay, let's conquer the world. In a, you know, like you hear in a, all these, you know, classic rock and roll stories. It was like just me trying to kind of collaborate and learn from different people. So I was, I ended up being like in four bands at some point in the, at beginning the same of, time. Yeah. In the beginning of my career. And the, it was all fine until touring commitment started. Then you cannot be at the same place with, with, you know, exactly. Four bands and, uh, and, and some bands make you choose. They say, okay, you got to pick one now at this point. Yeah. And, and at some point, I think after that, a bigger gig came up, which was Arch Enemy because I was making a little bit of a name in the scene. And then I think that was a big wake up call for me. You know, that, that was my first experience with a proper professional band that had a, you know, management crew, like the whole thing, because up, up until that point, it was just us really not knowing what the hell we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but you were recording, you're getting ma demos made, you're making things happen. Now yeah. I'm curious at one point or another, you did shorten the name to, to Gus G because you have a very long traditional Greek name, Costantinos, mm -hmm. which 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 a lot of people in uh, Greece I know a bunch of Costas. Yeah. So, so for for so for short, were you were you ever Costas when when you started Firewind? Were you, were you Costas, and then at some point Gus G came in, or was it always uh, Gus G? You know what I I've had the nickname so to speak that Gus follow me since I was 10, since I was very young, because I had, um, I was fortunate to travel to the States at a very young age because of some family from my mother's side. I was visiting my uncle in Florida. So I remember asking my uncle, 
hey, uncle, what's, what is my name in English? What is uh, Costas in English? I said, oh, it's Gus. I'm like, that doesn't All make right. sense. He said, yeah, but, but it's Gus. That's your name. Completely different letter. <laughs> yeah. It sounds nothing like it. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think what happened was what I later found out is like all the uh, immigrants from Greece from the 60s and 70s that went to America, somehow all the Constantine or Costas, they, they were named Gus. I don't know why that was a thing, but it was a thing. And then I. I We've gone from geography it. to social studies. I like it. So, <laughs> yeah. you know what? Everybody, everybody in America, if you meet a Gus, check it out. Try it. Say Costas. Hey, yeah. say, hey, Costas, Costantinos, are you okay? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> Maybe they'll respond. I don't know. So, so the thing is, we have a lot of those. Uh, even though I'm an old schooler, I'm a few, I'm a couple years older. I, you know, you were born in 1980, and I was born in 1975, something like that. So, the the thing is, <clears throat> we both obviously felt that Peter Frampton, Frampton Comes Alive, was the shit. That was like a huge influential record for me as well. But we also, um, during the years, changed our names. You became Gus. I, I self-imposed Roxy because my last name is, you know, Roxonovich or something really long in Polish like that. Roxovich. And uh, so I just shortened it to Roxy. Oh, so that's how you just, did it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I forced it, you know, and it was at a young age, you know, like around the same age, like around 10 or 11. I started just calling myself R.O. Ryan Roxy with a Y. Then I moved down to Los Angeles and I saw the club there. And so I had to change it. So, yeah. But at the same time, we did move and um, I moved countries and I moved to Sweden. You moved countries. You moved to Sweden at one point. What was the decision making in that? Because. Mine was, I was married to a Swede before years ago, and that seemed like the natural pathway. Mm -hmm. Yours, I think, might have been different because it was it more music-based or was it relationship-based? Um, no, it was purely music-based. I, uh, I was very young when I moved there. I was only 19. I, I actually had, right after high school, I, I spent a year in the States. But as you remember, like late 90s in the States was a tough time for traditional heavy metal or rock and roll in general. Uh, so there was like, I, I still looked like the same way, like, you know, black clothes, long black hair. And, and, and I was like, people would look at me like young kids at the same time. And were like, what's up with this eighties looking dude. <laughs> so, uh, so it was not cool back then, you know? And um, so I was like, okay, you know, screw this. It's, it's doesn't, it's probably not going to work out here. Um, well, play way to play the long game and just stick with it. You know, it, it continue playing the 80s style guitars, aesthetically looking, and move to where that music is still is really, really kicking. Yeah. And and that type of heavier music is really making a name for itself, which was at that point Sweden and southern Sweden, you know, to at be that time, right? Yeah, I mean nineties at that time I remember like the Swedish metal scene was really like Blooming, man. It was a lot of great bands coming out. You know, that Gothenburg sound, they used to call it. A lot of the more extreme metal bands. And um, through some friends from Greece, actually, I met this producer who was, you know, producing all these bands, Hammerfall and, uh, and Dark Tranquility and In Flames and all those bands that were, like, making noise around the world at that time in the underground, right? Um, 
so yeah, me and him started a band, and I ended up kind of like spending time in, in, in Gothenburg for approximately three years, from 99 until early 2003, I would say. Did you go back and forth, or did you actually live there? I, I did. In the beginning, I, I went back and forth, um, and then... And then eventually I lived there full time for just a bit over a year. Wow. Now, did you, because we have that similarity of being in Swedish bands with Swedish musicians, yeah. but my command of the Swedish language is limited at best. My command of English is pretty, is pretty suspect, but uh, trying to speak Swedish, did you ever feel a little bit like the outsider in the rehearsal room between takes? Because this was my thing. Everybody would talk about the song in Swedish and then they give me sort of the, you know, the sort of dumbed down version. If if, if they wanted to continue in Swedish, they, they would have to say, Hey, the Nesta Gongen, Viscal, you know, we'll play it really slow. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. But, but I knew they were giving me the, the sort of, you know, simple Swedish. So then I eventually just, I, I just plow through with English. Were your rehearsals during those days, were they in English or did you actually learn some of the language? Of um, it, the thing is, it was, I did learn a little bit when I was there, picked up stuff from movies and things like that. And some friends would teach me some things, but, I mean, of course, it, I, I could I couldn't really have a proper conversation, or if I wanted to talk like some about technical technical things during a song, or I, I I couldn't do that. But the thing is, also, you don't really. It seems that you don't you didn't have to learn Swedish because everybody speaks fluent English there. So yeah, it was one of those things where they love talking English with me, and it kind of went from that. But at some point, you know, some of those van rides or something but whenever we went to a gig <laughs> everybody would talk in swedish like for a couple of hours you'd be like sort of like eh. yeah, you yeah. should have gone full greek at that point you should have <laughs> just started speaking greek like like everybody else knew what the hell's going on of course <laughs> yeah, now um the the bands that we were talking about that had that he was producing that you eventually got an arch enemy was one of the first ones right that was like one of your big first breaks. Yeah, the first kind of like yeah, bigger, the first professional thing at least that I've experienced. Yeah, love it. You, I mean, I didn't realize this till I was doing the research. And uh, Federica, our social media coordinator, you had contact with her earlier the week. She helped out with the script again, so thank you very much, Federica. Um, but she put in a bunch of these notes that I didn't know about. I had no idea you've uh, you've released nine albums with your own band firewind yeah. since then nine records and you've released four of your own solo ones so during all that time when does the big call uh or big audition for ozzy come you know had you released firewind records before or after or how did that all work out yeah yeah, so I already had a career going on in the early 2000s, you know, from 2001, 2002. Um, so, you know, I released a bunch of albums with different bands. You know, I had been to Japan a few times. You know, there was already like a little bit of a hype there going on in certain parts of Europe. Um, I would play the festivals and, you know, some club tours or open for bigger bands. Like, you know, doing the 
those kind of things. Um, so, and that's right around when Firewind was kind of like take, started to take off around the fifth album, I would say. That was 2008, 2009. Yeah, and then and then I got the um, I got an email, you know, about auditioning, and that I wasn't even aware of that all that that thing was going on. Um, and I, 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 I think I had. Whose shoes did you fill at that point? Was that was Zach, Zach stepping away at that point, and they needed a, a guitar player? Yeah, yeah, I okay. think they were. Yeah, it was Zach. They had just done that album, Black Rain, I think, in the tour. And I think everything was kind of like hush, hush, like nobody knew nothing. And they were like, somebody like emailed me. And, and I, I knew that from, from OzFest because I had done the OzFest with Arch Enemy. Uh -huh. uh, so the name that reached out to me, the guy, the person that reached out to me, I knew him from as an name okay he's a guy from ausfest i think he coordinates some of the bands and stuff and originally i thought they were interested in getting firing over at ausfest you know for ausfest and i was like yeah you know it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> no we've got something else for you it might yeah. be a, li a little bit different but it's still in your you're still you're still going to get to play guitar gus you yeah. still get to play guitar <laughs> that kind of a thing yeah <laughs> So that's how, so now that's how things started. And in between there, because that's right around the time that we first met. I, I don't know if you remember, but you came up. I do to, remember. Um, you came up to Stockholm mm -hmm. and we did a little bit of, with another fellow Greek, Tommy Kafetis, yep. who I can never to this day pronounce his name to his standard, but I think I'm doing a pretty good one. Tommy Kafetis. Yeah, that's it. Correct. Good, right? I've worked on it hard, though. It's been years. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, I never said his name right when I was playing with him in Alice. So we, so I was playing with Tommy with, uh, with Alice, and then years later, you're playing with Tommy in the Aussie band. Yeah. You come up to, to Sweden. You come up to Stockholm. Obviously not your first time because you, you, you've already been here for a few years off and on. But uh, I see that uh, I, I just take you guys around this place called Gamlestan, which is old mm -hmm. And we did like an interview, and it was quite fun. Um, Vic, do you have a little clip of that you can show right now? Apparently he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you have the clip ready, baby? That was a softball. What was that? You you were doing some uh, – what was it? You were doing a, a show back then for, for a TV was, station, or what was it? Yeah, I did a, a thing for Aftenbladet called right. – it was called Big Rock Show. And then that sort of morphed into this thing that I was doing with you guys called All – excess not all access all excess and tommy <laughs> makes a point to uh to give me a few little jabs in there in the intro of that but uh it, it was classic it was good and it was a good talk and that's where i immediately uh got this feeling that you have good energy and you you have you're kind and and things don't seem to um ego doesn't take a huge amount of space in your world yeah is that, is that is that the key to playing in nine different bands is that the key to <laughs> you know or, or just being you know still still just doing what you love to do after all these years is the is the attitude sort of the key or what are what do you consider the keys hmm very good question i mean I want you to tell me to give me also your take afterwards about this because I'm interested well, also to well. uh, yeah but I think I think it's a little bit of a combination of all I think it's about really it comes down to 
whether you're, you love doing this, if you love music. And to me, my love for music was bigger than everything. Um, I mean, everybody has ego, you know, but, but the thing is you have to leave this thing on the side when you're, you know, if you're serious about writing or performing or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, and it's a certain kind of a consistency, discipline, all those things, which I don't know, for me, those things were very important, kind of like sacred, you know, so, uh, um, yeah, so th this ego stuff, it didn't really, like, honestly, man, I didn't do a guitar solo on stage until I joined Ozzy, and he was like, you have to do a guitar solo, and I was like, no, I, I hate that, you know, like, <laughs> he's like, well, you know, this is, my guitar players are known for doing long guitar solos, and so I had to, it was like the most painful thing ever, I had to work out like a five or ten minute guitar solo but you know that also helped me in a positive way, where I kind of started developing this kind of guitar hero persona on stage. But that's only for the stage, man. It, it, this stuff doesn't belong off stage. Hello, Roxy Guitar Army. For those of you that have been faithfully following the podcast, you may have noticed that I've been changing up my eyewear from week to week. And today we are happy to announce that Click Eyewear is now an official sponsor of the In the Trenches podcast. You've even given us a discount code that we can now pass on to all our supporters. Click has provided me with both readers and blue blocker protection eyewear that are durable, stylish, and convenient. So what sets them apart from the rest of the reader world? The catch is in the click. They are the world's first magnetic reader, which makes them hard to lose and even harder to break. If you're interested in getting a pair or two of your own, check out the discount link located in our description. Never lose your readers again, because with Click Eyewear, they're always around you. Now let's get back into the trenches and back to some more rock and roll. Oh, I hate when I have to fill in for Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> he and I should have done a sound check before this. <laughs> so what's going on? Does he have some echo issues? or No, he was, he was echoing a little bit at the beginning, and I, I thought, oh, it's not a big deal, but it I think it got to him and then he, he just wasn't hearing you very well. So oh, I'm not real sure. I hear everything perfectly. I don't want to. I know I, everything I was. was fine on, on this end too. So I guess we have to fill up oh, here. Now he's back. Let's see if it works. I am. Can back. you hear us now? Yeah, I can hear you guys. Everything good. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that now. Um, so every Gus and I were just talking about the mayor of Thessaloniki. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so now you've gotten into politics. Now <laughs> we, we've gone from geography, social studies. Now it's politics. Uh, what about the mayor of Thessaloniki? Is he uh, somebody that we should know? Should we get him on the show? Uh, you're asking me. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I uh, I'm not a big fan of politicians, but uh, I mean, this was a funny story. I was telling Vic earlier. I don't know. Maybe I, should I say this, Vic? Again, maybe. Yeah, maybe I should. This was like a this was like um seven years ago I think it was I, some somebody approached me and said dude we'd love you to do uh, this show for uh, it was like World Day Against uh, Drugs or something and like we would love to do a big outdoor show with you and then in return the mayor is gonna give you they're gonna award you the the key to the city and I'm like oh wow that's such a big honor yes I'm down for that and uh, you know. So I go down there um, like a week before that. Somebody from you know the the 
the, the town hall. Some somebody calls up my uh, my manager and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's gonna receive uh, his plaque and like he goes like, guys, we we thought we're getting the key to the city. Like no, 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 no. But you're getting something better than that. And then <laughs> in the end, I got uh, this piece of paper that you see in the uh, photo uh, and uh, a, a plastic kind of um, souvenir with uh, Alexander the Great's kind of statue kind of thing, a little, like a thing you would buy in a souvenir shop. And they gave me one of that and we're like, yeah. <laughs> but that, <laughs> so much for the keep to the city. But you know what? It was a nice thing. It was a nice gesture from them to to acknowledge. You know, I think I'm probably the only rocker that ever has ever been kind of accepted into such a thing here locally, at least. So um, it was nice. And th that that mayor, he was a cool guy, and uh, he owns a wine company too. All right. Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm all in. Next time I go down to uh, Thessaloniki and uh, hang out. Okay, hold on one second. There we go. Maybe that's our problem. Is everything good there? Let's see. I'm just trying to folks. I'm just I'm 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 hearing Gus like he's a uh, a little bit robotic all through my earphones. And that's you know what? That's just my fault on my end. Sometimes my Swedish Wi-Fi does not work and uh Gus is now frozen on my screen, but that's okay. Um the thing is I will definitely go down and meet the mayor of Thessaloniki next time I go down there because last time I was down there, I was hanging with Chris uh, from Crystal Tears. Yeah. Oh, you and know you, Chris. Yes, I do. And uh, we did a we did a, a couple club shows down there. Um, the guys in the band are great. All the musicians in, in his band, and, and you know he's just such a great guy as well. So that's and, and I know that you two have a long standing relationship as well. Yeah, he is. He's I've, been, I've known him forever. So he's a good guy. These things happen on our live broadcast, our live stream broadcast. That's how you know it's a live stream because if it wasn't, you know, it was all taped and edited and all nicely done then you know it wouldn't be rock and roll would it now folks and uh gus g is rock and roll he's on the heavier end of rock and roll i'm on the um i guess i like heavy i like heavy a whole spectrum of it but uh what we were i think trying to get to of this uh having longevity in rock and roll and in the music business is having a good attitude but don't think that for a second that you shouldn't have a little bit of ego. You need to have a little bit of ego because there's so many people trying to slam the door in your face. A little ego is good. And the thing is, it's just when that confidence turns into arrogance is where you get the problems. So confidence, good, arrogance, bad, a little bit ego necessary, too much ego. You know, you won't find yourself in that many more bands. So that's my take on it. I'm, I, I feel bad that Gus couldn't hear my uh, take on it. But isn't it weird that you're hearing me perfect from Sweden, you're hearing him perfect from Greece, yet Arkansas is known for its Wi-Fi. We have great Wi-Fi here. I think it has something to do with the European Union. You know, that, that shows you what, what, what a mess the European Union is right now. It's I was just thinking actually. while we're waiting on Gus, we might do fan of the week or talk about what you're doing next. And weekend. while we're waiting on yeah, and there's so many things to hype up. Oh my goodness. Okay. First things first. All right. I'm going to hype up a lot of stuff. Fan of the week. We'll get this done right now because I don't see that Vic's, uh, that uh, Gus G has been able to sign on, but he will sign on very shortly. Um, fan of the week. 
we are going to run it right now, Vic, and then I'll talk about it. How about that? Oh, that's... Erwan, and I'm not even going to pronounce your last name. I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce your last name. It's Erwan. I know him as Stone Stina, but, uh, and I also know him as, as I was the guy that set up him and Anna, and now they're now a couple, and they met because of, you know, my band and, or, and Alice Cooper, and now they're together. But Erwan, Erwan is from France, and he now lives in Sweden. There he is right there. That's uh, me, Erwin, and uh, Nita Strauss on the right-hand side. Um, he has been instrumental in uh, working on this Car Jam 21, Car Jam 21 project that we put out. And this is a tribute to Eric Carr, where all the proceeds are going to St. Jude's Hospital. I put up a couple stories earlier in the week, but if you're on Instagram or if you want to go check out uh, YouTube video, um, Right after this episode, there we are. There's a lot of uh, Swedish people, uh, Swedish musicians. I see Dragon there from Backyard Babies, and Jesper's there. Um, there's Gustav Kromfeldt. He's in. Um, uh, he sings, or he's the one that makes a lot of the uh, Ryan Roxy lyric videos. He creates them all. So he created this lyric video that we have for this Eric Carr jam 21 so check that out afterwards uh, maybe we can someone can put up the uh, link in the chat right now so that's one thing to hype up and congratulations Erwan, for being fan of the week and all your work that you've done for car jam 21 the second thing is uh next week we will be on uh on ice we will be uh taking one week off we're gonna it's, i wouldn't say it's a vacation because we are going to Phoenix, Arizona for Alice Cooper's Christmas Pudding 2021. And as you can see from that uh, ad right there of Alice, he's holding Santa Claus's head. It's, um, yeah, it's pretty graphic right there. Isn't that nice? Alice Cooper, let's go back out to that thing where, really quick so I can name all the artists that are playing. There you go. Thanks, Vic. That would be Alice Cooper. He would be the one. Uh, Glenn Sobel, Chuck Garrick, Tommy Hendrickson, and Ryan Roxy. Look at that. We're just second billing. Not bad. Smaller font, though, than our special guests, which will be Ace Fraley, Ed Rowland from Collective Soul, Tom Morello, Mark McGrath, uh, Felix Cavallari, Cavallari, so that is happening next Saturday, December 4th. So that's the reason why we will not be able to be doing a show uh, next week. But we are doing our best and attempting to have a show this week with guitarist Gus G. Can you hear me? I can, you hear, can hear me. You. Okay. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that, that isn't that a weird mojo that, that oh, sometimes. Oh, no. It breaks <laughs> off again, man. Come on. Don't, don't worry. It's going it, to, it'll. It'll come again because now I can hear you. Um, it takes a little, a little while. I updated to... the, the the browser, the Chrome browser. So mm, maybe I that's can, I, can I don't know. It could be that, or you know, it, I, if this doesn't work, I could stream also from my phone. I can try that next time. But let's hope it works. Okay, give it a second. Yeah. Do I do I still sound like uh, no? Uh, okay, I'm sounding better. Good. Great. Good, and we got a lot of business out of out of uh, 
you know, out of our way when we were on that little hiatus. I talked yeah. about Car Jam 21, which a project I'm doing, Christmas pudding. And um, now let's move on to the main event with Gus G. Do we have any animation for that, Vic? Main event? No, we don't. Okay. We should work on that, you know, because I feel, I feel because it is the main event and what we're here to promote is Gus's two biggest projects that he's had come out in the last couple of years. One of them, the big C word, COVID, tried to fuck with, if I tried to fuck with the release and try to fuck with the tour, but that's eventually going to get uh, actually happen. Kind and of happen, yeah, hopefully. It's, it's going to happen. This is, I, I, I'm going to stay positive. And then your newest uh, solo, guitar solo release, Quantum Leap. So I'm talking about, first of all, let's talk about the Firewind record. Um, tell us about that, the story behind it. When did it come out and uh, how did it all come about? Yeah, came out. Uh, it's a self-titled album, obviously. Usually bands do that on their first record, but we did it on the ninth. I don't know why, <laughs> because we do everything backwards in this band. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it came out last May. I mean, May 2020, I want to say, yeah. And uh, yeah, we're supposed to do this long world tour. And of course, pandemic, everything was canceled. Um, we're supposed to start in the States with Symphony X. And yeah, that went right out the window. But, you know, the music is out there and people enjoyed it a lot. You know, the album got, you know, a lot of momentum. It was uh, also a new lineup. We have a new singer in the band. German guy. His name is Herbie Langens. Great singer, actually. He sings with a band called Avantasia, Avantasia or Avantasia, or yeah. So th this is not the new lineup. This is the old lineup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Vic. That's uh, yeah. I told you to put the new lineup up. I know. No, it's all right. You know what? We're 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 looking for all the different lines. You have nine albums out and you put out, yeah. you put out and you did it backwards. Cause you put the self-titled album out. Cause I was going to ask you, how'd you get the name for the album? Well, no, I, I can't ask that question. Can I, but of course you can. From, from the beginning, how was, you know, did you have a singer? Did you, did you ever want to sing in this band? Or have you always been a guitarist? Oh, dude, I'm guitarist wish. only. I, I wish I could sing as good as these guys that I've had in the band. Then there would have never been any singer change. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I can't sing like that. I can do backing vocals and that's about it, you know. Um, so, you know, I've always concentrated on playing guitar, writing most of the music. Um, and, of course, the business side of it. So, I mean, I'm the manager of the band. So I, I do all the day-to-day -day management, all this stuff. So it's a lot. It's like a 24-7 job um well tell me about because because what i listened to with the newest solo record with quantum quantum leap did you have um any guest singers like on the way that nita strauss has some guest singers on her new solo record I, did you did, did you bring some on because what i heard was all instrumental but yeah this is an all instrumental record actually it's it's my first all instrumental album uh i the previous albums had uh, just like you said, you know, with Nita doing collaborations, it was like collaboration albums. Um, so I've had different singers doing different tracks, you know, on the previous records. And then on the third record, I did like a tr power trio kind of thing. 
uh, with Dennis Ward, who's my producer and plays bass and sings great. And we co-write and co-produce together. But then on this record, you know, out of the pandemic, this album came out and was just basically sitting at home, working on material, just trying not to go crazy. And um, I thought, you know what, maybe it's about time I do like a all instrumental thing because everybody's been asking me about it for all this time. And it seemed like it was the right timing. I, I had all the time of the world to think, how, how the hell am I going to do that? Because, you know, as a guitar player, you probably will relate to this. It's a different kind of exposure. You know, it's, it's different when you're together with a singer and you can kind of bounce off each other. But then when you're all on your own and the guitar leads, then the melodies take over the, that space that the vocals occupy. It's, it's uh, you know, for me, it was intimidating, but. Um. <laughs> I, I tried to, I tried to sort of, when, when you're writing a solo, I try to approach it the way a singer, I, I think, because I, like I say, I sing on my albums as well with my solo stuff, but I don't consider myself a lead singer. Maybe I should, and maybe that would help me out with confidence in the long run, but I always have considered myself guitarist and, and so when i'm writing guitar solos i'm saying well, what would a singer how would he sing this solo because i found that the you know some of the most memorable solos sound like someone singing the solo whether it's a you know slash doing one of those iconic solos or brian may yeah. doing uh you know something off of any of his albums really yeah. but uh i'm, I'm wondering because i see so many guitars in the back there did you use all those guitars on this new newest instrumental album or did no. you just use one did you have that one favorite one it was kind of like that that one favorite i actually used a couple of uh, guitars um i used a couple of my latest models that we've created with jackson and, and i also used a seven string guitar for the first time ever i got a seven string guitar last year and i was just you know you had time to on. learn it that's what uh, you yeah, did yeah. during the pandemic. You had some time yeah. to learn this. Uh, like, I see. I guess I'm. I'm just one. A couple years. You were born in 1980 again, and I was born a couple years before that. And I'm. I'm just on that cusp of. Can I? You know. I get. Can I get that extra string? Because I know some guys that are my age that have have done that jump and made that jump, but then it messes me up because I mean, again, that's another qu a question I wanted to ask you before internet hell and Wi-Fi uh gerbily job took over because you were so young when you moved you know from greece to sweden and then you had you said you spent a year in in the states as well you didn't go to to the traditional music schools that people talk about whether it's berkeley or git did. or did you oh you did. did okay because that okay so which one did you go to did you go to git i went to berkeley um ah. Yeah, a fifty-fifty shot. <laughs> I got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you went to you went to Berkeley School of Music for a year. No, I didn't actually. I went there for two weeks and then I dropped out. <laughs> Even that's worse. not enough. Okay, that that's not enough time to actually qualify as a Berkeley Music School of Music. No. So, so how were you learning and, and the instrument? Was it private well, lessons or were you early on the YouTube rabbit hole or were you just by yourself no. in a room just working it out? When I was learning guitar, there was no YouTube, man. It was uh, <laughs> it was still in, uh, you know, remember VHS tapes? Uh, you remember that? So, you know, oh, yeah. put on the VHS tapes and learn all the rock licks from the 80s shredders, you know, um, Paul Gilbert. Did you, wait, 
Did you have that Paul Gilbert VHS shredder tape? Did, yeah. Did you know that Satchel yeah. is is on that early uh, that first one playing bass? Oh, he is really. Yes. Yeah. So if you want to go back and look at, because Satchel's been on the podcast before, and uh, I called him out on it, and you know he has a different look, obviously, but he was he was playing bass during that uh, that. Um, I think Paul he was. Gilbert. He was roommates with Paul at some point or something like that. Yeah. So so you were learning you were learning off of VHS tapes and stuff like that. And then I did, yeah, yeah. Taking and, it off yourself. I mean, I, I went to I went to a conservatory here in Thessaloniki. I went to to music school for four years. So I learned like theory, harmony, all those things. You know, I had ear training. I had a good teacher that I basically learned like the kind of like the Berkeley method, those books and stuff. So it it was interesting stuff. You know, it was it was uh, important for me at that age. You know, when I was a teenager. And eventually I had like this scholarship to, to go to Berkeley for this summer program. And I attended that for like a month and a half between like high school, you know, like the summer break. And, and then when I graduated, I just went there full time. And as soon as I got there, I was like, oh, shit, that's not for me, man. I want to I wanna play in a band <laughs> and rock. So. <laughs> and, that, and that was the one-way ticket over to Sweden eventually. Yeah. And then, yeah. then, you know what? You can't have a better teacher than playing the clubs and having the actual live experience of being in a band at that time with the music that you are so passionate about playing. You're so right. Um, um, I, I'm thinking um, this call up to Ozzy when you got it, you know, you'd already established yourself with a career with Firewind. Did the venues seem a huge step up? Or was it just the the circus around it, which was, which was a step up? What was different from where you had already built yourself up to be to when you got into this band, Ozzy? Because I, I can tell you, know, the experience for, with Alice was I had played with Gilby before, mm -hmm. and I I experienced tour buses, and I I'd done some touring. But then with Alice, it just seemed everything seemed to step up a whole other notch. And I want to hear your experience about yours. Yeah. It is. It's a whole different world, man. And um, I definitely, I mean, like you said, I've done shows. I had the experience. Uh, but, you know, it was a whole new thing. And I had to really step it up real, real quickly. And it, it made me a much better player and better performer. Because, you know, when you're going from clubs into arenas, you have to also adjust your performance as well. Like you have to make bigger moves and you want to make sure that the guys in the back kind of like see those figures on stage. And it's, you know, you put on a different type of show where, you know, as opposed to being in a club, which is more intimate and on all that. Uh, and I'm sure you can relate to that, you know, cause you've, you've done club shows and you've done all the big arenas as well. So. Right. Well, with, because Ozzy has always been a singular guitar player band, when you were playing those for instance, a Randy solo or a Jakey solo. Did you ever try to trans uh, transcend into that state of mind for that song and then a different era for this song? Because what I don't feel I do that with the Alice Cooper band because he's had so many different lineups of guitar players, but there is a certain attitude that I take if we're doing an original band song as opposed to a Kane Roberts era song, as opposed to something from the eighties, for instance. So, uh, um, so 
how did you approach like different eras of Aussie guitar players being that there are, you know, you can name them all on one hand. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe two hands at this point, but you know. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, uh, I just approached it as a, as a, as if somebody who would go to the show, like how would they like to hear the songs? And I, I knew, I, I figured that they probably will, will expect to hear this as close to the original as possible. Um, I mean, I have different gear and slightly different sound than, you know, what somebody like Zach Wilde or Randy Rhodes played. You know, I played my own things and you know, I had my own sound and you cannot change it. That's your personal touch and what everybody brings to the band. Uh, but, you know, I, I try to stick to the originals as much as humanly possible. That was, you know, I, um, I tried to play it note for note. I mean, there was little bits here and there where I could do a little bit of my thing there, but my my approach was just like honor the classics because i mean his his body of work is just classics i mean it's like the bible of heavy metal you know i like i like that term honor the classics i actually learned speaking of honoring the classics i learned the brad gillis version of crazy train for some oh. reason i don't know why because he had played it differently and he was shortly thereafter randy and so it was quite weird you know i don't know why my backbone to this day plays that riff in the Brad Gillis era riff sometimes then, okay. which I should, like you said, you know, respect the classics and, and, and stay true to the classics. I think he, I think Ozzy liked that too. He, it was, you know, it sounded familiar to him. So I wanted him to be comfortable as well. Like, you know, it's not like, Oh, I got this new great guitar player that is just not really doing it. Right. He's, he does whatever he likes. You know, you, you just can't go in there and, and do that as you know as well yeah no 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 you have to have a certain you have to stick a little bit to the script but put a little bit of your own personality and and what you said was very important because you said i play different equipment than for instance what zach or what jake would, would play so your equipment is obviously very important uh to your sound as well it's not the tone because the tone is, you know, the heart. The tone and the is head. in the hands. Yeah. Yeah. The to the heart and the head telling the hand what to do is what I say. The tone is right. Yeah. But the first thing you do touch, those those fingers do touch, is your equipment and your guitar choice. And going back to that picture, Vic, of of that uh, star shaped guitar, um, that is that always been. And I can see the guitars in the back of that star shape. Is that always been sort of your weapon of choice? Kinda, yeah. I mean, since the very early days. Um, I used to play um, the Dimebag Washburns uh, for a while when in my early days with Dream Evil. And then I went to Japan and one of my early trips, uh, ESP guitars approached me and they were like, we would love to build you a signature guitar. So I started working with them and yeah, these guitars that you just saw in those photos, those were like my early models with ESP and uh, um, yeah. And, and, and it's like, I know it's weird shapes and not many people play these you don't see that many people with these guitars but it's for me it's like it's like a an extension of my body by now like if i if i play if you could give me a les paul i, I probably almost will not be able to play <laughs> <laughs> what well, what okay who was the first guitar player that you star, saw with that shape and said that's mine or did you just see it hanging on a wall and said that one speaks to me i speak to it no it was originally it was Somebody handed me a Washburn guitar, that that um, that Dimebag model, one of his 
signature guitars. And I, at that point, I was, I don't know, I was just so young. I thought, wow, free guitar, cool. I didn't think about the shape or anything like that. Like my first guitar was a Fender Strat. So I grew up on a Fender Stratocaster and that's, that's what I, I still have that guitar. And, um, and wow. yeah, so, but, but then when I, you know, when I joined a, a band that was kind of like doing things more professionally with a record deal, blah, 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 all that. And I got my first endorsement. It was just, Oh, free guitar. Great. I didn't even think about it. Like, is this guitar any good? And it was like just some uh, cheap uh, import version that was actually was not very good. I remember it was it kept going out of tune. <laughs> but then when when I started working with with uh, with ESP in Japan, and I said to them, "What kind of guitar should we do?" And they're like, "Well, the fans in Japan identify you with this shape now, this star shape. So we have this as well, and maybe we can build a model off of that, you know, with your specs." Um, and and so you worked with ESP for a number of years, but then recently. Yeah, what I've heard through the grapevine is that uh, Jackson Signature Guitars has uh, approached you, and you've been working with them, and you have a new Jackson that's coming out. And talk about this. Uh, there's that that familiar star shape guitar. Um, did you have a hand in designing um, all the specs, or how did that whole thing come about with Jackson? Yeah, yeah, they uh, they came on board. I think five years ago, 2016. And, um, it was like, yeah, I mean, you know, I still have all my ESP guitars are great guitars. Nothing like all these guys are great manufacturers, great instruments. You know, it was like a business move for me. And, um, and I love the attitude and, and you know, the, the, the excitement and the, and the plan that these guys had. And, you know, they built me a couple of guitars and I loved them and it was time for me to do something new. So we continued that tradition of star guitars. And, you know, when I design a guitar, it's, um, I, it's, I guess it's a collaboration with the guys at Jackson. And, you know, we go back and forth with ideas. And, of course, the main specs sort of remain to what, I, what it is. To my, for example, I play rosewood fretboards. That's, I've always done that. So You've always done a rosewood fretboard. But, but I see that the Jackson, uh, Gus, the signature Gus the, G. Sandemus has a maple neck on it, which yeah. Vic just actually put the picture of that yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. I went, I went to them, I think, a couple of years ago, and I said, well, I want to try out something different, and I want to play a Strat-style guitar, maybe so I can bring that out if I want to do something more hard rock, not all this metal expanding stuff. Expanding the brand. You're expanding yeah. the whole brand, and you're expanding the line of what you're doing. I think that's amazing. What, um, the pickups that you work, uh, that you have in there, are, you have a signature pickup company that you work with? I actually just started my own pickup company it's called blackfire pickups i started that a couple of years ago and the first project that i did with this company was to put these pickups into my new guitars that we did with jackson and now we offer these models i have two models so far and they're like a passive and an active model i don't consider them signature models because they're it's just like you no know, I, I named the brand i'm like the face of the brand and, and the owner of it but and of the company but i'm hoping okay. that eventually other guitar players can get their hands onto these. You almost had a lawsuit on your hand, Gus, because I was going to bring it up earlier because I thought that Firewind was, was a little close, but the very first band, actually the second band, because the first band I was ever in was called the Stratocasters because it was, um, it was, it was on my guitar neck and I had to come up with a name right at the talent show. But a couple of years later when we actually got a drummer, and uh, Mike Pavlik, if you're listening, shout out to Mike Pavlik, uh, original drummer of the band, uh, drum roll please, uh, Starfire. 
So Starfire was the name of one of my early bands. You're in a band called Firewind. So I'm like, oh, that's a little close, man. It's a little close, and I am older. So you got to, again, respect respect the classics. Or what, what that say? Honor the classics. Honor the classics. And uh, But then I, I look at this, this pickup company. I'm going, aha. So you have a black fire. It's very close to Starfire. It Maybe is. someday I can come on board under the black fire signature pickups and make my own Starfire. Dude, program. that would be great. We can make the Ryan Roxy Starfire model. I would love that. Okay, can can we can you please explain to me uh, what what is Black Fire and what is actually Starfire? Because I never knew. Dude, I don't know. It just sounds cool. <laughs> what is a Black Fire? I don't know. I, I actually I came up with that name like ten years ago. We were doing a model of an amp, like a limited run with the guys from Black Star. <laughs> Aha. Yeah. yeah so black star i said well what should we call this amp and i said well how about black fire and they love that because it's you know black star black fire blah blah, blah. so of course, it just fits in because my band firewind they're black star so we kind of like merged the two and then you know fast forward 10 years later and i'm like i, I asked the guys are you guys okay if i name my pickups black fire like yeah sure yeah, go ahead, dude. So you don't have you time to be a singer. You're too busy being a guitarist and manager and sort of business mogul right there. I love it. So <laughs> too much, too much things going on then all the time. Well, the cool thing is what's going on right now is your latest solo album, Quantum Leap, uh, which is an all-instrumental album. And then the Firewind record that unfortunately got a little bit derailed with its release as well. But do you have plans for Firewind to go out and tour in the next year? And we, would you maybe combine it with some solo shows as well, or do you keep those separate? Um, yeah, I mean, we have announced a bunch of dates with Firewind. As a matter of fact, I just remembered the first show of 2022 is going to be with you guys at the Monsters of Rock Cruise. Yeah. Are we playing together? Yeah, nicely done. Okay, folks, that, that's another thing for me to hype. That's the Monsters of Rock cruise, and uh, I believe it's in February now. February, That'll yeah. take off somewhere in Miami and end up in the Bahamas. But I think um, I'll be sipping a pina colada basically right around that time and uh, until the end. So that's amazing, dude. All right, so we'll see you. We'll see you with Firewind on the Monsters of Rock cruise mm -hmm. uh, 2022. Um, we are actually talking equipment here with Gusty, and, and you did already, I have another segment that I like to go to called The One That Got Away. So this is about a piece of gear or something that uh, might have been stolen. It might have, you might have had to sell it for money. You already told the story that you still have your original strat that you got, so I can't ask you about that because we know that you still have it. But we do have a nice animation clip that you can think about while you're watching this very nice piece. Robin, thank Robbie Miller for that piano. Um, that was awesome. <laughs> and uh, the one that got away, uh, inspired by Stanley Gable, ask. Uh, I'm, I'm asking you about a piece of gear that you wish you still had, but you know, how did you lose it? Was it stolen? Did you have to sell it, or do you still have all this equipment that you ever wanted? Um, yeah, I kind of do. I think I have too much equipment, to be honest. Um, I you mean, never yeah. get rid of anything. 
I, I did get rid, like in the early days, I got rid of, well, I had a JCM 800 that, yeah, I wish I still had that one. Yeah, I remember I, I bought it. I bought it in the States and I brought it with me in a flight case. I brought it all the way when I moved back to Greece. And at some point I just sold that one and I don't know why. JCM 800s are, are pretty much workhorses and you should probably never, ever get rid of them if you have them. I mean, you know, like I said, I'm a Hughes and Kentner. I've been playing Hughes and Kentner now uh, for a while. But, you know, my past as well has always been Marshall and it's always been the 800. In fact, the JCM 800, uh, you know, I, I, I have them scattered around the globe still. I do own them. I just don't, you know, I don't have yeah. them. My you, have, you have them in the storage units and stuff? Just, in storage yeah. units around the world. How about that? I, th I think, you know, I think they're just the best. I mean, I'm not, honestly, I'm not a big fan of Marshalls, but I think the JCM 800 is their, like their Mona Lisa. That's like their top amp, oh, in my opinion. Their Mona Lisa. Huh? How about that? <laughs> this is the Mona Lisa of tuners. I don't know why I had it. Oh, my polytune. I and people always as well. Like I'll ask you what people always ask me in, in, in guitar clinics. What's your favorite effect? Are you are you a wah wah guy, a chorus guy, or an echo guy, or some sort of combination of all the three, or something, or or talk box guy? Your tuner guy. <laughs> I'm a tuner guy. <laughs> yeah, the reason why I say it, I say I, I always I play a lot. I, I play. I tend to play a lot of wrong notes, but they're always in tune. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? You need to have a tuner, man. You can't have a pedal board without a tuner. It's essential. Oh. That's the number one pedal that goes in there. Yeah. If you don't have a tuner, you should probably have an out of tune singer, because then exactly. everything will sort of <laughs> move its way up. You know. Yeah. But do you, do you have a favorite effect? Distortion. Ha ha! Well, you know. So, and is there any particular amp company that you are uh, working with these days? Because I know you, you talked about the Jackson uh, guitars, and you talk about the Blackfire pickups. What about yeah, amplifiers? I still, I still play Blackstars, so I love the stuff these guys come up with. Yeah, great guys over there. They're the great guys over there, no doubt. They're actually the guys from Marshall that I think ten years ago they left and they started Blackstar, and they, yeah, they they make amazing amps. And I, I love, you know, I love their Sirius 1200 heads. That's like my go-to amp. They have this KT88 tubes. Mm -hmm. They produce this big kind of sound, and uh, I love that. Well, see, I mean, you've played with German artists all along, so the reason I'm playing with Hughes and Kentner is because we're saying, well, well we're, the, we're the Marshall Amps of Germany. <laughs> <laughs> because they come from, you know, and Germans always have to, they, they're always spec really spec oriented and, and everything's really precise. So, I mean, you look at the automobiles and that's, have they, uh, have they sent you, sorry to interrupt. Have they sent you those small amps they came up with recently? They yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have, um, I've got, you mean, hold on. Hold on I don't remember what they're called. They came up like a high gain one and like a more rock. They're gonna love of, you. They're gonna love you, Gus, for 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 mentioning that because you know this one is that what you mean? Yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, <laughs> the Spirit of Rock. Yeah, the Spirit of Rock. Uh, those are the the little nano series that they have. But then they have the uh, they have also the Amp Man as well. And 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 to That's be like honest, an amp in a in a pedal or something. Yeah, it's it's a pedal board amp. The the one that I'm using. Uh, a lot for all my live streams and everything that I had. We had it on the last uh, tour and Ace was playing it every single night. He's playing through it is the Black Spirit 200. And uh, Ace would come up 
Ace Frehley would come up yeah, and I, uh, play. <laughs> I just wanted to drop that name. The whole I wanted to sink in. Yeah, Ace you know, Frehley Ace came up and came played up. that. <laughs> I didn't want to be one of those guys. So yeah, yeah, Ace or you know, Bobby De Niro, Bob. You know, <laughs> no, but but Ace Fraley, that fucking guy, came up and played uh, uh, schools out with us every night, and he played through the um, Black Spirit Two Hundred that uh, I had out there. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so they're gonna love it, and and it's a good segue because this weekend we are going to be announcing a big. Uh, project that we're doing called Project Merry Christmas, everybody, which, you know what, I will probably involve you right after we get done with this podcast to uh, ask you to be involved in it. But Absolutely, it's uh, yeah. a big news. It, it involves like a bunch of our sponsors that we have, uh, Dario Strings, and um, we have Hughes and Kentner, and we also have um, uh you're right here, um, our good friends over at Biodynamic Headphones and Click Gear. With the, they're all hooked up, man, with all this the, stuff. No, the, the sponsors are great. So they're going to actually be uh, uh, giving gifts towards this Project Merry Christmas. And we're going to let the this weekend, we're going to tell what's that's happening. Cool. So that's a big thing. We'll talk about that right after um, we talk about this one last segment. So so I guess, Mike, your, the answer to your question, the one that got away, was some, some old Marshalls. Marshall JCM 800. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, that I uh, I had to sell that one, but because uh, it certainly doesn't look like you've ever gotten rid of any of the guitars, because I see no. them all in the back. <laughs> in the back. <laughs> are, are are all those Jacksons, or are there some of those ESPs? Or are they all? Um, they're all Jacksons. There's one Gibson Flying V. What that that one? <laughs> you see that? No. This. Uh, I see. I see the V. Yeah, I see the V. v. That's nice. Can That's can nice. All right. Well, I have I have a segment. We again, Vic. I really think this is a godsend that we uh, went through something and we got out of it. And for everybody that's been in the live chat the whole time, thank you for hanging in there. Because first, my wife. Let's recap real quick. My wife, I went down. I had to sign out. Vic came up to save the day. They started talking about the mayor of Thessaloniki or something like that. And then, and then, my Wi-Fi problems transferred over to. Gus is and it, and Gus had to like sign off and then but but now we're here and we've been talking now for a while all the way to the point where we get Don't to our segment it. I'm not to the to our section of the show where we call never let the truth get in the way of a good story this is where we ask, ask a fact or fiction question is it a fact is it a fiction or do you want to just embellish on making something uh you know whatever you want to say to make it a good story. But here we go. Do we have any animation for this, Vic? No, we don't. Dang, we need more animation. The main event, and now this one, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Because my question to you is, um, fact or fiction, uh, you were let go from the Ozzy Osbourne band via text. Uh, no, that's wrong. That's fiction. That's yeah. urban uh, urban legend. So that is definitely fiction. And we usually have some sort of animation for that, but he doesn't have it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So when you uh, stepped away from Ozzy Osbourne, you were notified not via text, but how? A phone call. What? Broke up with you on the phone? No, 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 no face to face. Oh, yeah. Yep. 
Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, I got a, at least I got a call. That's nice. Well, she said to me, "Well, I, I, you know, I don't want you to find out online." So, you know, I, I guess that that means they they like me still. So that is nice, actually. You know what? <laughs> but now, let me ask you this: Were you in Thessaloniki, Greece, during that yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in Greece. That's why. I mean, um, was it a late night call? Was it, it was a late night call? call? Yeah, because Sharon was trying to get a hold of me, and then I think they just called me, and it was like midnight or one a.m. and they're like. Gus, where are you? I'm like, well, I'm in Greece. It's like, <laughs> right. so they wanted, they basically wanted to, um, they wanted to get in touch with you before they put out their press release. On exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But then again, you know, years since, um, I imagine that you still have, you, you, you see each other. You know, you you run into the same camps. I mean, rock and roll is small in these backstage areas, like when, whether whether it's Firewind or whether it's one of your solo gigs, you probably run across a lot of the musicians that you played with or, or mm -hmm. were associated with in text in, in that group. Um, all good feelings? Everything good? Yeah, of course, man. Yeah. Why should why should there be any hard feelings? I mean, it was uh it was incredible that even the fact that all this stuff happened. You know, it's good to kind of think because people I, I, I hear about that every now and then and, you know, some comments every now and then will pop up and people say, oh, you know, you didn't get a chance to write and do this and maybe do more stuff because your risk with, you know, you could have written stuff within and do that. And I'm like, well, yeah, but how about the fact that I even got to play in that band? I mean, yeah. does anybody ever think of that? <laughs> you, yeah, you actually were the guitar player of the Ozzy Osbourne band, yeah. which is such a it's 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 like people that have been there's less people. I think there's more people that have been on the moon that that have played guitar for Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, you know, you're like the Neil Armstrong of rock. Gus. it's like <laughs> well wow that's that's you know, you know no, no, no. neil armstrong that would be randy because wasn't he the first guy all right I, maybe yeah, I'm, he, I'm, yeah, I'm giving yeah. a little too much so yeah, yeah, yeah. you're you're somewhere there around apollo 13 or i would be I like that, uh, that dog that they send the russians send the sputnik <laughs> or something <laughs> chimpanzee <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no but you know what i was actually telling uh uh kevin turco the producer of, of the album that we did scream and um and i was telling him you know during the recordings Damn, man! I said I, I'm probably gonna be the you know when people when this comes out, people are just gonna hate my guts, and I'm gonna be like the worst Aussie guitar player ever. And he said, you know what? Look at it this way: even if you are the, the worst guitar player, uh, Aussie guitar player in history, at least you're one of them. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point, dude. And and you're obviously not because your attitude raises the bar amongst respect for people. I know amongst musicians especially but but then general just fans and aussie fans they respond to a, a good attitude and you've always had that and, yeah. and i can see it coming across right now it's like that thing with um i don't know if you watch pro sports and maybe why I i'm don't. in such a giddy happy mood is because my nfl team won an improbable victory last night right and i watched it this morning i've been happy all day for no freaking reason at all but <laughs> the fact is it's like you know what? There's a lot of people that uh, you know, a lot of people that play quarterback in the NFL that 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 people go, oh man, they, he sucks. He's no good. He blah 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 blah. But you know what? He's in the NFL. Yep. He's in the he's in the most elite sport of that you know elite league of that sport. Exactly. You 
for what the type of music that that you excel at heavy guitar whether it's you know whether it's metal or all the different genres that you want to put at ozzy i think encompasses that and you are in that small small elite group so that's that's awesome and, and I, I also look at it as a as a as a platforming because it's like he gives you like that kind of sort of platform and what you do with that afterwards it's really up to you i mean you can drop off the face of the earth if you want or you can continue and working and do something with it and uh you know so i think it's all about that as well because you get you get give you know you're given a big opportunity and then thing is what do you do afterwards with that you know kind of like also how you do as well you know because you know you have had a, a also a, given a platform with alice for all these years right and you're you're branching out and you're doing all these other things and your own solo work and other bands and projects and you know you're doing great you know like you're, you're using that platform you know and, and you're going out there and you're doing your own thing and like you said, and that's what builds you, I guess, that that, that legacy and, and gives you the longevity in the business eventually. I mean, you had the career before. I was, you know, I was playing. I was very, you know, lucky to be touring and playing with some artists before my my um, opportunity with Alice. But like you said, that was a huge opportunity, a life changing opportunity for me, just like you. So. I think it's really important for people to understand that's what you do with that opportunity and how you make it. And you seem to be really, really um, on top of where you want to be going and you're really driven, you know, it's it, we, nine albums with, with Firewind, uh, you know, four solo albums, you know, two albums out this last, this last year. And, you know, the one that just came out right now called, um, uh, quantum leap but there's yeah. uh, an album called between heaven and hell i guess they're oh he's gonna put all nine of them up damn oh, wow. Vic. yeah well he, i guess he's got the jpegs he wants to do it <laughs> <laughs> but 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 folks that are listening it's it's inspiring to me because you know i i do get inspired when i have people on that i like go yeah he gets it because because yeah, yeah. that's exactly the way i think you're given this opportunity and it doesn't matter if you, you know, you didn't write Poison or you didn't write Schools Out because they're great classic songs. Yeah. I get to play those great classic songs every single night. And I get to see the look on people's faces when you when you start those riffs. You got yeah. to see the look in people's faces when Crazy Train kept on, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I'm sure it was it was such such a euphoric feeling, you know. Oh, it was. It was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, uh, like I said, you know, you, you cannot take these things for granted. It's like, you have to kind of like think, wow, I'm, I'm here in the moment and I get to do that. You never know for how long you're going to get to do that or if, but so um, it's, it's good to appreciate those moments and also, but also keep moving forward. I think that's also, a lot, you know, I talk about that a lot in clinics and people tell me oh, what, what to do with this and how to go about with my band and what happens after you've done all these things, what's next. And I think the kind of, if there ever was a secret, in my opinion, I think the secret is that you just keep moving. I think to never stop, you know, that's, that's what it's about, to keep moving. It doesn't matter if you're playing, you know, for a big artist or you're playing, you know, in your own thing and whatever. It's a small club thing. But it, it's the, 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 the secret to this, in my opinion, is to, that you keep moving. Well, I mean, you're basically taking the advice of a great white shark right now. <laughs> Isn't a great okay. white shark? If it stops swimming, it dies. 
That, at least that's what I got from the movie Jaws. That's what, that was the whole life lesson that I got from Jaws. Well, he didn't People, stop. I wrong? killed him. No, but a shark cannot stop swimming. That's the whole thing. And, and you're saying the same thing. Or can you go back to that picture, of Vic, of Fearless with Gus G? You can either not stop moving or you can become an illusionist, an illusionist right there. Yeah. What the hell happened there? Was that, tell me how that secret happened. Yeah, no, it was, it was Photoshop. Magic. No, it was it was I, yeah, I can really do that. It was like my NFL team winning last <laughs> night. It was like my Raiders winning. It was magic. I love it. All right, there, Mister Gus G. We're gonna uh, we're gonna close things out. I want people to get in touch with you. I want people to that uh, already. You know, they they've stumbled across us. They, uh, you know, they came. They, they came for the bad Wi-Fi, but they stayed. <laughs> the interesting stories and the inspiring stories that you've given us, Gus. What's the best way to get in touch uh, with you? For those of you that are listening on the audio broadcast, please tell them, Gus. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm uh, on social media, Gus G Official. Uh, I guess you can see that on the screen now on Instagram or Official Gus G on Facebook or right here on YouTube, Fire TV. I, uh, yeah, I put up regular uh content regularly a lot of cool videos and stuff so yeah do get in touch and i want to thank everybody for their nice comments actually and uh and thank you for having me over for this it was nice to catch up man after all these years i appreciate you being um very 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 patient very understanding about the wi-fi problems um i will let you know that star T fire tv YouTube channel will be coming out at one point. So I know you have Fire TV, but Starfire TV might be coming out as a, you know, part of Star Roxy Fire TV. TV yeah. <laughs> Dude, you know what? This Fire TV, I wish I could change it now because we started that like so many years ago. And I think Amazon has their own Fire TV as well. Right. You you um, want to work a deal for Starfire TV? It's like, it's like, dude, I, it's like fire, but it's like above. <laughs> it's like Starfire. It's even yeah, more no. powerful. There's I no way it. I could. Uh, there's no way I could com compete. Uh, you know, with uh, against uh, Amazon or something. But you know, it's just stuck there. So, but I now change it to Gusty. But the URL is Fire TV, anyways. Man. But we gotta I get that. Uh, we gotta get that Ryan Roxy Starfire pickup happening. Hey, I love it. I love it. Well, <laughs> I see that you have a, a very cool Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, touring jacket on right now yeah, but i'm sure you have i'm sure you have a bunch of your own swag like myself uh it is a black friday or black friday saturday sunday i'm making it a black friday weekend so if you go on over to um our shop right now you can uh a lot of the most uh, popular items we put on sale right now for this weekend because we are going to be announcing project merry christmas if you want to know more about it what are those the shirts did you put them? Then people aren't supposed to see that yet, Vic. That's an exclusive. <laughs> Holy crap. We didn't talk about this. But that's happening over at my store. What's happening over at your store? Or if someone wants to get some sort of Gus G swag, uh, what's the best place for them to go? Oh, yeah. I mean, I have a big cartel shop. So it's just uh, GusGofficial.bigcartel.com. And yeah, I mean, uh, there's all kinds of things there from tour leftover shirts and things to, you know, the pickups and everything. And we do have a 25% off discount running this whole weekend until end of Cyber, Cyber Monday. And, wow, uh, you're, you're extending it to Cyber Monday? Yeah, you got to. <laughs> and, and you're giving 25% off? You know what? Go buy Gus's swag. <laughs> ours, ours isn't as cheap. Damn it. <laughs> 
<laughs> you beat me on that one. That's okay. No, we did put it on sale. It's it's more than five percent, but it's somewhere between five and what? Giving it, are you just giving this stuff away? Blimey. I love well, it. I don't know. Maybe I'm doing the wrong business move there. Maybe I'm I'm losing no. money on this. But yeah, <laughs> you're, you're doing everything right, and you're enjoying yourself. Look at you. You're in this like uh, den of guitars. I love it. And this is one of your uh, guitar layers. How many? Uh, how many levels? Is this your home studio that you have? Yeah, yeah. I just moved into this house actually, and I kind of like took this semi-basement floor. It's uh, a big kind of yeah, big room, and I have everything here basically. All my gear, my guitars, and all the merch shop stuff is back there, and uh, you know, cool. chill out room and amps and whatnot. So, well, as you can see, I got the same sort of setup over here. Yeah, so it's amazing. Yeah, amazing yeah, studio, so. yeah. <laughs> It's great. <laughs> Gus G, I'm so happy to say that this won't be the last time that we talk because we'll be seeing each other um, very months. shortly on the uh, Monsters of Rock cruise. Again, there. look at that, Vic. You're very quick. There's the Monsters of Rock cruise. As you can see there, uh, Gus G will be on there with his band Firewind. And, of course, right there on the top in a a larger font than anybody else. Wow. And a different color font. Wow. That must be some sort of status symbol. That's our household name, Alice Cooper there. Love yeah, the man. guy. And I'll be there next week with Alice playing the Christmas pudding. Um, and do you have any gigs coming up before the holidays? No, nothing. Um, we just did. We just came back from our first show, first and last show of the year. We played a festival in Switzerland. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, it was fun. How was it like to, to, to dip your toe back into the water of touring or, or shows or just playing was, in front of people? It's just amazing. It cool? man. Yeah, it was great. I love it. I mean, I, I remembered again why I love this so much and, uh, can't wait to go back out there. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of going crazy now. Like I gotta get some more gigs, but well, yeah. I will see you. You know what? Hang on the line right now or hang on here. What I'll talk to you about uh, project. Merry Christmas, because uh, we are going to close things out, folks. And uh, again, a lot of news coming out this weekend, a lot of stuff coming quickly. I really appreciate uh, Gus G coming on here, uh, having a very inspiring attitude. Vic Chalfant, thank you very much. The rest of the ITT crew, Federica, uh, Federica the Rat, uh, Robbie, uh, Scotty, everybody. Uh, uh, who else is and who else? Uh, Joey helped us out booking it. Thank you very much. But most of all, thanks everybody in the chat. Week in and week out, you're there. Next week, we will be uh, not here because I will be at the Christmas pudding, um, but we will be putting in content and stuff like that. But stay tuned. Tell a friend about the show. And uh, Gus, I will see you on the Monsters of Rock on the boat. Yeah. Absolutely, brother. Looking forward to that. Thank you again. Thank you very much. And until next time, everybody, I'm Ryan Roxy. Enjoy the ride. In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello. Moby, give him his guitars back.